When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, podcast listeners. Stoked you're here with us. Of course, we took a bit of a hiatus, but the Boardroom Podcast is back. I do want to tell you about, of course, the Boardroom International Surfboard Show coming up October 7th and 8th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. We're honoring Bing Copeland this year as the icon of foam. So eight shapers are going to get in the shaping bay and attempt to replicate some classic Bing designs. And those eight shapers, Thomas Beckson from Australia, Josh Peterson from the East Coast and Hawaii, Hank Warner, Dane Purley, Michael Arenal, Wayne Rich, Roger Hines, and defending champion Rick Rock. In addition, if you're a board builder and you're listening to this and you want to be a part of the Boardroom International Surfboard Show, we do have booth space available. And you can find out more information at boardroomshow.com. Just click on the exhibit link in the upper menu bar. On to the show. Justin Turnus is the founder of Dark Arts, Dark Arts Surfboard Technology, carbon vacuum bagged surfboards. That's sort of the Reader's Digest version. There's actually much more to it. And we speak about some of the nuance involved here. What's really cool about Dark Arts is the conviction that Justin has about these boards. They're made right here in San Diego, California. These are American-made products shaped by world-class shapers and then glassed with a refined carbon fiber vacuum bagging technique, one that Justin's perfected. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, Justin Turnus. Let us begin. Hey, 
All right. Well, uh, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast, Justin Turnus, the founder of Dark Arts Surf. It's been a long time since we chatted. I want to say at least a couple of years, maybe before COVID even. A lot's been going on, but why don't we give the listeners a little background on you? Who, um, you know, where'd you get your start? Um, who are your mentors? How did you get into this surfboard building career? I basically... Uh, started out when I was about 19 and just uh, excited about surfing and surfboards and uh, got a job at just a poly shop uh, that does production and just kind of started at the bottom, you know, and I didn't know anything. And I think that was around 99. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the beginning. And then, you know, just literally worked every day at that shop and soaked up as much knowledge as I could from everybody that would come in and out, you know? Um, but it's just, and the uh, innate interest in surfboards and how they're made. And I guess as a kid, I was always interested in, you know, how things work and making things. So, um, if I'm really interested in something, I kind of get obsessed about it. And then I go down like wormholes. And this has been just a big one for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as you look back on your career, and I know you've got a lot ahead of you as well, but if there was one person that was super important, that was like vital to either mentoring you or to just giving you some not one person? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think looking back, I mean, I was really young and, and I come from a really small little town called Hamul and I grew up on a dirt road and, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't around a bunch of people, you know, as a kid. Um, so I guess people were impressionable and I, I I learned a lot about just being around people at that age like I was kind of just thrown into the mix of like how humans work so I mean the guy that owned the the poly shop Brian Jones I mean he was a he was a character and an interesting person but he was like he was like so like business kind of crazy and just interesting to me I guess as far as business goes he was the first one and then um from there you know shapers were always interesting and uh and then once I started working with firewire I really got thrown into the mix of like this is how like corporate business people think and then I mean it was just a, a learning crash course in humans and business all the way from the, the beginning. So I guess there's a few people, but I don't know if that makes sense. Well, that does, but let's talk a little bit about your time at Firewire. Cause as I recall, you were doing layups at the time Firewire was building custom surfboards was built. They had a factory here in San Diego, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, that was the real eye opener was the, that beginning with Firewire, uh, when Dan and I were basically just kind of making them out of his shop off of Pacific highway, we went from a poly based kind of shop to, you know, wrapping EPS 
blocks with balsa wood rails and then vacuuming sandwich construction over that and then glassing it like literally that whole process to me was just like wow this is a trippy way to make a surfboard you know and then riding them and then just feeling them bend under your feet and move differently like that was like all right there's a whole nother element to this thing that I had no idea about, you know, from just being in the poly world. And then that was just a wormhole, you know, I was like, okay. And that's when it started kind of, you know? Yeah. And so for the listeners, you're referring to Dan, man. Yeah. And yeah. This must've been a 180 degree flip from just like laying up poly boards ter- sort of in the standard way to all of a sudden we're doing things completely different. And, and in some regards, that's, that sounds like it was an important stepping stone for you. Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, I guess that going back to the last question of, you know, who, who would, would make the biggest impression on me. And, and I, I would say Dan, man, uh, for sure, as just a person, the way he thinks, you know, who he is as a person is it's, it's, he taught me so much about how to, you know, let go of like, perfectionism and just a radical way of thinking. I mean, he's definitely been probably my biggest influence and uh, how I think and how I approach things in making things, uh, his influence is heavy on me for sure. You know, um, I would say that. And as you sort of referred to, um, probably one of the nicest guys in the surf industry, if not just in the entire earth. <laughs> he's such a good guy, Dan, man. He is. He's a great guy. And I, I to this day, we stay in touch and uh, he, he's come out to the house and, and we, we hang out. And yeah, he's a great guy. Really cool well, guy. Let me um, switch gears a little bit. We, we spoke last week and you were off to the Surf Ranch Pro and get, getting geared up for it. Um, what's your, what's your take on the surf ranch pro it's finished up. We have two champions, Carissa and Griffin Cole Pinto. Um, what was your experience like there? That's a good question. Uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. There's a, a ton of action there, man. It was the weirdest thing. It's like you show up and it's in this little town and there's a dirt parking lot. And then you walk in and it's just like, I actually came from Vegas the night before I had to play some music in Vegas. So I had a super long drive, but coming from Vegas and then walking into that place, it kind of had a similar Vegas vibe. (laughs) It was so strange. There was people, you know, at the bar and there's giant TVs and there's Red Bull tents. And I mean, there's just so much action. It's so weird. It was just like weird, but um, it was cool. It was it was interesting to watch, you know, is this your first time there? You know, I was there, uh, I think three years ago. Uh, but it was, I think it was during the pandemic, maybe it was two years ago. And it Mm -hmm. was kind of a very small scale, uh, event. And I went there and it wasn't like this time, this was like more, more bigger production, you know? Um, but I talked to, I talked to a lot of the athletes and I, and I got a chance to connect with them. And I also talked to Ross, who's a good friend and uh, at the end, and he was like, you know, for everything that people don't like about this event, 
you know, it, it's actually kind of cool because it's a different layer and a different element in surfing for these athletes. And they have to overcome like this mental aspect of this place and figure out how to compete on this wave that goes for a pretty good distance that, you know, it's, it's strategy and it's mental in, in that aspect. And it's, and it's difficult, even though it is a man-made perfect wave, like you saw athletes fall. I mean, you were like, how do you fall? I mean, it's just, there's a ton of things going through their head. And I could see that in these athletes when they're walking to the ramp, like it's, it's pretty cool, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's definitely unique. Who is Ross that you were speaking of? Ross who? Sorry, Ross Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, going back to your first time there, I'm always interested. I know that my first time there, it was mind blowing when that thing fired up and that train moved and that first wave came through. Like you, you don't realize what a what a grand undertaking and what a grand thing you know piece of technology that they made it's it's mind-blowing when you see the first wave you're like holy mackerel this is way better than i anticipated i i totally agree it is it is wild when you see that first wave if you've never been there it's it's pretty wild it's an incredible wave and it's a the engineering feat on that thing is amazing there's a ton of water moving when you're standing at the wall and it just backwashes over that little hump it's it's pretty crazy man it is super crazy yeah, um, no doubt the, the best man-made wave out there. There's there's just no denying it. Um, what about this this little flare-up that Gabe Medina has caused on social media? Do you have any take on that, Justin? You know, I don't. I'm not like a super contest person where I like follow it heavy, but um, just being there and being around it and. Uh, I mean, I could see, I could see a point where, you know, scores maybe went away they shouldn't have. Um, but I'm not a, really a person to judge that, and everybody's bias is kind of different. Um, I could see, I could see their point, you know, that they could be frustrated. But I think sports is kind of like that, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I think you just have to kind of better yourself and you know yeah. go the other way with it I don't know how to explain it but you know I I can see their frustrations for sure I think when I when I look at a heat and I'll watch them surf I, I kind of try to score it myself I'm like huh is that better than that guys and I'll maybe put a mental score in my head and then you know it comes out maybe way higher and I'm like wow you know that was that's kind of interesting and I'm trying to analyze it and figure it out and I'm not the expert there, you know, so, but yeah, I could see if, if your professional career hinges on that, it can be really frustrating. I could see where that can be really hard, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and like you say, I, I think that, um, you know, as we've, I mentioned to somebody the other day, um, people have been complaining about judging and surf contests since the very first surf contest. And yeah, it's sort of, part of the it's part of the fabric of the whole competition thing but yeah um, but specifically for you justin you you brought some of your dark arts boards up there um i imagine you bring boards for and help me out here you bring boards for felipe for john john who else do you bring boards up there for 
let's see. Uh, Bear Mamiya, he's, he's been riding him for a bit. And uh, Kanoe Garashi is, is, he was like one of the first ones to ride it at the pool. Um, he was on them. And Stephanie Gilmore uh, is now on them. Uh, we made a couple for Italo and I talked to him and uh, he just didn't have enough time prior to that contest to, to get on them. Um, but he said they, they definitely feel amazing. And, and I think he's going to be on them for El Salvador um, from our conversation. He's excited to get on them. Well, that's what interests me is, is what I'm trying to get at is when you show up and I imagine there's some anxiety kind of welling within you you've got all these beautiful crafts that you've poured your heart and soul into and you show up and you've got Felipe and John John and Stephanie and Baron and they're probably like looking at standard construction and they're looking at your boards like is there a moment where you're like well we'll see which one they pick you know like or do you know going up that they're all gonna they're all waiting for you to arrive or they're already on your boards like is there a moment where you're like oh bummer or they just they grabbed a standard PU or, oh, killer, they're they're ripping on my dark art. So because they're that moment or do you know going up there that these guys are settled into what you're making? Yeah, you know, it's, that's a great question because there is that there is that total anxiety and stress of I don't know what they're going to ride. I, I know uh, I, I was pretty sure Philippe was going to ride his. I was pretty sure Kanoa, but 100 percent like we did one for Ethan, Italo, Stephanie, I mean, a ton of boards i'm missing a, a few as well but yeah for sure like i don't know what they're gonna ride and um i was pretty sure john was gonna ride his his new one that we did um but yeah it is it is stressful it's it's super stressful and leading up to that contest here at the shop was like we did so many team boards for that thing it plus production it was it was long days it was long days and long weeks and um, you know, I usually don't get to connect with the athletes. So for me going up there, talking to Stephanie, talking to Italo and, you know, uh, it was great because I didn't know, I thought, you know, maybe Italo wrote it and he just didn't like it. And the truth of the matter was like, he just didn't have time, you know? So that makes me feel good. Cause I'm usually kind of in the dark as far as like, you know, why didn't he write it? You know, I don't know because I can't just really reach out and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, it's super stressful. And then, you know, when you watch them ride it, it's a whole nother. It's that's just... sort of interesting, Justin, that <laughs> you can't reach out and speak to the athletes. Like when I think of like Formula One guys that are building engines and cars, I imagine they're speaking directly to the drivers. And I do know you have and forget, um, you know, let me know if I'm wrong here, but I know you have a direct line with John uh, Florence. Uh -huh. It seems like you should have a direct line with these people, but I guess DHD and these the board designers and are in the middle and they don't want you to have direct contact. Yeah. Um, there is, there is a thing about that. And, and, and I, I understand that to a degree, but to your point, um, if you want to make any real progress with these athletes, communication between athlete shaper glasser, especially in this type of situation, you know, to get the, the most out of it, more communication, the better. Um, actually Darren Hanley was here at the shop yesterday. I love that guy. He's yeah. so easy to work with. And, uh, I told him just that I said, you know, we can make some really good progress if we keep the lines of communication open. And he like, he was like a hundred percent all in no problem, you know, 
um, whatever you need. Uh, I was really excited about that. As far as you mean, he's open to you, like reaching out to Ethan and reaching out to the staff. Well, even if I, I don't need direct communication, I'm just telling him, like, listen, if they give you communication, like, I would like the board to be lighter and a little more flexible. Yeah. Please give me that information when we make the next one so I can create a baseline and work from that. You know, I don't necessarily need to talk to the athlete, but if you talk to him, please let me know the feedback that you're getting so I can improve upon their board, you know? So, um, I get that with John, John and I, uh, we definitely have like a closer collaboration with his stuff. Um, yeah. I've never talked to Philippe. I've never talked to Kanoa really. Uh, I've never talked to any of the sharp eye guys. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, it's interesting because yeah, all you're going off of is like, well, I guess the last one worked pretty good. So we'll just kind of glass it the same and cross our fingers, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it is very interesting because as you know, when we think about John, John Florence, and carbon, I immediately think of sailing and his like he's just kind of a he's kind of a like a hard goods geek, you know, like he's into everything, every little nut and bolt of his of his sailboat. And yeah, and I'm sure he's that way. So and then there's other people, and frankly, I might even fall into this category, but there's other people that are like, dude, just give me the board and I'll wax it up and go ride it and we'll see what happens, you know, like that aren't as like technically inclined, you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's like a he's a super nerd when it comes to materials and his boards and the more interesting and more out there they are, the more excited he gets, you know? So, and it's, it's always chasing something with him, but it keeps it really fun kind of for both of us, you know? So having DHD uh, into the fold now, it's gotta be exciting because of uh, obviously staff, but um, as well, Ethan Ewing, who is arguably, you know, the, the most stylish or the most together package as far as um bringing everything to the wave face tell me about that the ethan ewing thing is is he going to be riding your boards in el salvador where's he at with the dark arts technology um yeah i agree uh he's really exciting um just watching him at the surf ranch was was really cool and i i think for him it sounds like i need to uh we're going to work a little more darren was here yesterday uh, we shaped one for him, went through that. And then, uh, I need to work on weights and flexibility with him on the build. So I don't think he'll be on him in El Salvador. Um, but I am going to build him a couple, two or three, uh, to get under his feet soon so that we can start making some progress and maybe for, you know, maybe for the finals day. I don't know. You know, you say flex or, when somebody goes, uh, let's work on the flex. Are you, yeah. are you thinking different foams? Are you thinking different stringers or no stringers? Like what yeah. goes in, or maybe there's just less resin or a longer time in the vacuum bag process. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, basically I, I like to just do stringerless, um, you know, as a base with EPS. And then as far as flex, uh, I would look at, what type of carbon or shifting the carbon, uh, at, a, at an angle. And so for Ethan, I'm going to do uh, a non-woven and then we're going to play with some tapes and what width those tapes are and where to put those to kind of control, give it the sense of a stringer, but still give it a lot of bend. 
And then um, I'm going to give them a board that's probably just under five pounds uh, that will, will feel pretty lively and see what he thinks about that, you know? That's amazing. So I didn't even really recognize the fact that there's non-woven weaves that you're using. There's different ways that you lay them relative to horizontal or vertical on the on the board. There must be a ton of notes that you make. When you make a board for, say, Ethan, you're like, okay, we did this at... We did these four vertical, this one horizontal, and we did no weave. And like, you must have spreadsheets up the galore just to make sure that you're on top of it. Yeah, for for John, John, I I did, and and I made so many for him. I had to. I had like this book and spreadsheets. It was kind of out of control uh, during the pandemic. It was getting kind of crazy. But yes, for something like Ethan's, um, I think. I definitely will have a either a mental note because it's it's just a couple boards, but as it gets more heavy into it, sure, we'll we'll keep track of it. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's weird. Uh, Philippe's board is our standard dark arts build. You know that plain weave. It it's everything we sell, and he won a world title on that. He he shows up, and it's incredible. You know, part of that is that design from Marcio, uh, that quad fin design. Um, but he really likes the liveliness of the, the carbon. Um, I also had a really interesting conversation with Stephanie at the pool and um, she's so excited about the boards and she did ride a non-woven at Surf Ranch uh, and her board was really light. It was four pounds uh, wow. under your arm. It just feels like it's and and I and she said she's like I was a little nervous I was thinking it was going to be too light and feathery on the face, uh, but then when she rode it she was like man it it was unreal so she rode that in the heats it had a white top, um, but she's so excited because she said, for her it's the opportunity to maybe just take a handful of boards on tour not two board bags it's maybe one board bag and for oh, her. That's super exciting. And she also said at Snapper, she actually ran somebody over with the pink top board she was riding and <laughs> she broke their board. And she was like, I was devastated. And I flipped over my dark arts and there was nothing wrong with it. And from that point on, she was just like, okay, this is really cool. Like it performs and it lasts, you know, and that's the whole goal. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. That, that, well, honestly, that conversation was, it lit me up. Like I was so excited to hear that, you know, it was, it was just great. That's pretty classic. She, she ran somebody over and, and we're all excited. Yeah. I mean, that was her, she was devastated at one time, but you know, <laughs> she was like, wow. It's just, you know, so it was cool. Cool story. Well, look, you mentioned um, something that always interests me, which is the weight, you know, four pounds, five pounds for Ethan. You've made me a couple boards and you and I've had this discussion where I'm like, I, Justin, I think it's too light for me. I'm a, I don't know why I'm a 58 year old male. Um, yeah. I didn't feel like there was any drive and maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not, you know, pro level or, or, you know, which is quite frankly is possible. I mean, I'm not pro level and, but, but you and I were talking about making a PU board for me or making a board that's, that has, more drive i've never been an eps guy i've tried and tried and tried yeah and i keep fooling myself going i think i would like this one and i didn't like it and um so i just think i'm a pu guy through and through yeah what does that mean for me like 
do you think it's PU that makes me feel like I'm not getting any drive out of the board? Like the board doesn't want to go or is it, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think a lot of people have that question. And I think from hearing feedback from the past few years with these top guys and getting their opinions, it's, um, it's partly, yes, you're used to that, PU sensation and that weight and feeling and that dampening. And then, you know, when you jump on a, a carbon vacuum bag, DPS board, you know, it's got this weird, like where it kind of hangs and stalls and it doesn't want to go maybe for certain people. And, uh, I was talking to Tony here that helps at our shop and runs things. And, and he's like, you know, a lot of these athletes that like it, they're like really fast moving athletes you know like they're they're quick on their feet yeah, and they, yeah they can utilize it and uh you know and for john you know he loves the carbon and he surfs great on it but then when it comes to like competing on it if he's not 100 percent locked in mentally like he struggles on it and so what i'm building for him now and what we're what we've been working on is is that carbon kevlar board and that is a pu core um, I add a little something to the inside of that to, to give it a little more spice, but that, that board is something that like people like you would love where it feels like a PU that weight is a PU type of weight. It's a really good feeling PU. The core is PU, but now you have, uh, this electricity from the carbon and the carbon Kevlar that give you this kind of electric sensation. It'd be like a PU you know, on steroids kind of, yeah. And, and, and those guys like Ethan Ewing, he rode a PU glassed in epoxy. That's what he rode at surf branch. So those yeah. guys, you know, they'll look at that wave and be like, okay, I think I need something more than a PU, but I'm not really used to the carbon yet. How can we spice it up a little bit? And it's like, well, their first go-to is just wrap it with epoxy because it gives it a little stiffness, but it gives it a little more uh, zip to it, you know? So do you mean a carbon layup at the epoxy resin? No, Ethan was riding a just a PU blank and he was just, it was glassed with four ounce and epoxy resin. I see, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, how many, how far did the dark arts boards go at the Surf Ranch? Right? Um, what was the, what was the, was Felipe the guy that, that took the technology to the furthest at this year's event? I think he did. Yeah. I think he took it the farthest. I can't remember if it was just the semis or. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're making boards for a bunch of surfboard brands. DHD is the latest one. Sharp Eye, of course. Uh, Ipa, a Rusty, John Pizel album. How do these relationships get forged? Are, are guys calling you up? Or are you actively marketing to these brands or is, how does that work? Um, yeah, they usually reach out. Um, I've, I've worked with Matt albums since I was in my garage, you know? Uh, so I've, I already have a relationship with him. I've, I've known Marcio for 20 years and he, he brought me work when I was in my garage. Um, John Pizel, same thing, built John John's first two out of the garage. Um, but then, everybody else has kind of reached out. We don't really actively approach. I've, I've had Eric Arakawa reach out. I mean, 
I feel bad because a lot of people wanted to, to get involved. And it's like, I don't have the capacity yeah, um, and I don't have the ability to do it for everybody. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like approaching the growth as like a slow grow and, you know, try not to go too big, too quick. And just, it's hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard. Yeah, it's probably smart though. I mean, better to do a few really good than to get overextended. Yeah. I, I and that's the, the, I keep telling people that, you know, the name of this game is kind of make a product that's done really well, that performs really well. And, you know, if we can only make X amount, it is what it is, you know, like I'm not looking to take over the polyester market or the epoxy market. I'm just trying to create a product that falls in line for the industry that the industry it benefits from and, and gets healthier in a sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. So well, it's interesting. Like we spoke a little bit about Firewire at the beginning and there are some other brands that are making <clears throat> carbon boards, um, Firewire has this, and I'm not super up to speed with it, so I'm going to sound a little ignorant, but the Thunderbolt stuff and the that volcanic that Firewire is putting out um, seems similar, um, at least aesthetically, uh, to, to what you're doing, or they're trying to be similar. Um, I know that uh, Lost has something that they're some sort of carbon layup that they're excited about. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you see that as they're trying to come after you, or do you? What are your feelings on on that? That's a great question, man. Because when I see it, when I saw that stuff in the beginning, you know, I, it was kind of disheartening because it's like, man, I I put my heart and soul into this thing, and and I try to just create a lane and just stay in my lane, you know, where it's carbon top and bottom. And I want to be that best product in that marketplace for that. And then when people come out doing the same thing and making it cheaper and making it overseas or making their color jobs look like ours, you know, I mean, I get it, but, and that's the surf industry. Right. And my yeah. goal is to not, not do that, you know, is to not, I don't know. Take, take yeah, I'm gonna, don't I'm gonna stay in my lane, and I'm just gonna do my lane the best that I can do. I, it's okay. Like I think people know, you know, the lost boards are made in Vietnam, and they're cheaper. And um, you know, there's boards that are made of carbon, and they're they come out of Cobra, and um, you know, people get a great markup on those things when they land here in the states. But in my honest opinion, that stuff's not great for the industry. You know, I think. Uh, when you can create something that is a premium here and you just do it well, and even if it's low volume, you know, and it's a high price product and the top surfers in the world are on it, that's good for the industry. You know what I mean? I could have easily taken this thing, you know, overseas and mass produced it and just flooded shops and squashed. I mean, people would hate me, you know what I mean? And I'm not in it for that. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not money for me. It's not, you know, anything like that. It's more like, let's make something that's positive for the industry and, 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 and do that and do it well. You know what I mean? So. Plus it, uh, from my own experience, when I've been to your factory and talked with you about boards, 
there's a I get a real sense that I'm getting a custom surfboard like like you're like Scott well let's try this and we could do this and there's there's like a little bit more um more ingredients to the to the magic potion over there at dark arts like I feel like there's it's not just like yeah I'd like a carbon surfboard please it's more like hey let's build you something crazy here and, and bitching and fun and let's mix this with that we can do this and we can do that like there's just more parts to it or you know with what you guys are doing yeah, I think, um, you know, Tony Curdo here is on the phone every day. If you call our factory and you have a question about what to order or what, you know, you are thinking you want to order, Tony is great. And he'll walk you through the process of, you know, what he's written and and his opinion and what he he'll try to direct you in the right way of your purchase, you know, um, and the phone rings every day. And I think it's it's important to have that you know, uh, ability to feel like you're ordering a custom and you are, I mean, you can order custom sizes here and, uh, we have a great shaper here, Alex, and he's going to shape it. And it's, it's a normal factory here. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you're ordering like a cookie cutter size and this is what you get. And it comes in a box and have fun, you know, <laughs> you can come here and pick up your custom dark arts board in person. And, you know, we'll give you a shirt and, you know, yeah. chat and all that, you know, it's just cool. It should yeah. be like that, you know. Absolutely. That's the fun. That's part of the fun. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Kevlar. We touched a little bit on Kevlar. I'm sort of interested in this. I heard you mention it with uh, on the broadcast at the Surf Ranch Pro with Peter Mel. Um, um, what would what would a normal surfer like me would Kevlar be something that I would consider? So uh with that whole board, and I didn't really have time to get into that, that whole broadcast was wild. I've never done that before. And he was like, you got to talk quick and all that. So oh, I couldn't really get into it. But yeah. uh, that product is basically, I'm trying to bridge the gap between our EPS dark arts and the sensation of a poly board. So that's that product that guys that don't like eps chattery maybe their whole opinion on it doesn't work for them they're pu lovers that carbon kevlar board is the answer for them that's their dark arts answer so it's not production ready yet um i have a couple more tweaks i'm working on uh with john to try and just tune it in a little more but i'm hoping next year for everybody that's on the fence of you know i don't like how those stock dark arts feel in choppy situations or whatever, this one is going to be your go. And we'll have some demos, I think, and, and all that. So. Cool. And when do you anticipate that would be available to the general public? Any, any time frame on that? I know you mentioned next year, but is there like. I don't know. I I'm trying to think like it's, it's, it's the hardest surfboard to make. It's really hard. Um, what makes it so difficult? Uh, well, the non-woven carbon on the bottom, it, it's really hard to bag onto PU. And then uh, we don't wrap the board in fiberglass. So whenever you're dealing with Kevlar on a surfboard, if you don't cover it in fiberglass, you can't really get into it if you sand. So um, I can build the board. Uh, I've had uh, a couple guys in the shop. We put a one or two through and it, it, it it's not easy. It's a hard surfboard to build. It's the hardest right. board I've ever made. Um, but John John really loves it. Like, loves it. 
So yeah. there's something to it. And I think it's worth, I don't think we're going to make a lot of them. We might make a hundred of them. <laughs> so yeah, one of those. I know Kevlar has been around for a while. I remember, I want to say even in the eighties. Yeah. Um, Shannon came out with some Kevlar boards. So it's obviously not new to, um, you know, just sort of the, um, you know, biochemical, like the, the tech world's been using it for decades. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I think it's about how you apply it in that sandwich. I, I think of maybe the surfboard builders as a, as a sandwich and what layers you're using, you know, to make that sandwich taste good. And, you know, it's, it's pretty complex, you know, the non-woven on the bottom is going to give it this like rail to rail torsional kind of movement that gives it a different feel, but then the carbon Kevlar on the top gives it a lot of dampening with the PU blank. Um, it all kind of just blends together to this kind of spicy, like, wow, kind of board, you know? Yeah. And regarding PU, is there a specific brand that you like? Is it, is there, I mean, there's Millennium and Arctic and US blanks. Is there one that you're, that you feel is more effective? You know, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a PU blank expert. I think the guys that shape that day in and day out, I, I know Pizel's a Arctic fan and, um, you know, there's US blanks. We use US blanks, uh, PU, and we add uh, a little EPS. They add an EPS piece in there for us. Um, that's what we use now. And, and I'm not an expert in that field, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. Well, what about, and maybe, maybe this isn't relative either, but what about dark arts tech with like a varial foam or, or Javier's uh, XTR or yeah, so, other foams? Like, have you tried varial or XTR? Yeah, I've, I've vacuum bagged on varial uh, when I was playing in my garage and uh, you know, it's, I, it's good foam. Uh, there's a lot of cool properties to it. Um, so when I think about stuff like that, that foam, when you're dealing with that foam, it's a very like slow moving foam, you know, uh, when you bend it, it's, it bends and it moves, but it moves slow. Uh, EPS mm -hmm. reacts real fast. It's, it's more stiff. Um, mm -hmm. you have to look at if you're going to bag carbon onto a foam like that, it's going to be a whole different feel from, a plain weave EPS board, you know, those athletes that ride our stuff, they're looking for speed and, and fast reacting equipment. If you bag varial foam, that foam is going to be a lot slower moving, even when it's bagged in carbon, it's going to, it's going to feel totally different. Um, so for me, when I bag PU, that's why I add EPS. Um, and I've, I've tested with John, wood stringers every different width uh bagged in different types of carbon i've sliced that bread every which way i can with the top guy in the world and it's either a no-go or it's not good enough or it's this isn't very exciting and if he doesn't get excited he just won't ride it because pu for him is great you know if you can't yeah. build something that's better than pu there's no point in riding it especially for yeah. the top guys the fact that John's riding something that's different, he believes in it, you know? And I, that's the thing with me. It's like, if I can't get John, John excited, if I make him a board and he's like, and I've done it, I've made him 
carbons where he's like, this thing just feels like a typical epoxy, not interested, you know, and that's with a different type of carbon that's slower moving. And he's like, there's no point to him unless this thing is electric and it goes fast. And he like, is like, wow, he'll just, it's PU back to PU, which is, I totally understand, you know? Do you do a thing where, um, when you build John aboard in a certain construction, you build yourself the same exact one so that you could go surf blacks or whatever and be like, I want to kind of feel what John's talking about. Uh, I don't because I feel like uh, the typical, say, an average surfer, it just it, it sounds interesting, but you're just not going to be able to connect on the same level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if, if I give you two short boards that have an eighth of a difference of tail rocker, you're probably yeah. not going to feel the difference. John will feel the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't, but um, only because I know that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me. You, you need the top guys to validate and test equipment. You have to, I mean, you can give the average surfer a board and they'll just be like, this thing's amazing but that, you know, yeah, doesn't mean anything. So. Yeah. What about, um, and, and, you know, as you mentioned, John, John, my mind goes to, to pipeline and goes to big outer reefs uh, on the North shore. Where are we at with dark arts surfboards and big waves, like a quiver of dark arts boards for John, John, like maybe even the, the Pizel Padillac for, surfing that outer reef left that they all go to <clears throat> or pipe or sunset. What, what are your thoughts on dark arts and bigger ways? Maybe even Puerto Escondido. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think John Heisel is kind of interested in, in exploring that. Um, you know, it, it, I don't think it, it would do anything for him. I don't think he's excited about it, which I, I get. Um, Billy Kemper reached out, I think a year or so ago and he was, he wrote a dark arts and, and he was like, I would really love to get that in a, in a big wave gun. And, and I, I, I reached out to John and, and he did. And, and, but it just kind of went to the wayside. I think, I think that there is something there and it could be explored. I think KT does really good stuff with, <laughs> yeah, he does great stuff with Kyle Lenny and, um, I think that's really cool. I, for me, it's, I'm so busy just trying to improve the shortboard uh -huh. performance side with these guys that I just, I don't have the time right now, but yeah. I, I would, I think it's cool. I think there is definitely a thing there that needs to be explored, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I could see dark arts PU just for the strength factor, you know, like less broken boards out there. Um, yeah, I think in that situation, yeah, I, that would be fun to test, you know, and, and, and work with those athletes. That's the fun for me is that side of it, you know, chasing improvements for them, squeezing out as much performance in their equipment as possible. And, um, but it's, it's hard, you know, like John Pizel is super busy and, um, you know, his program is his program and I'm super fortunate and thankful that he gives me the opportunity to, to make boards with John, John. So I don't, I don't try to bug him and, you know, right. Uh, yeah. Well, what if some big white surfer like that's on, I, I don't even, let's just say like Tom love, for instance, but uh, I believe Chris Christensen's making his boards. 
what if somebody like that came up and said, hey, I I would like a quiver of big wave guns. Do you just not have the time to go down that right now because you're so focused? No, if, if, if someone like that reached out and they said that, um, you know, I would say, great. I, I would say, you know, get the shapes and uh, let's talk about what you want it to be in, in the end result. And, and I can do that for you. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. If, if somebody like that reached out and, and they said, hey, I'm going to get some shapes from Chris and I want to get him wrapped in dark arts, I, I would be excited to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be fun, but I'm not going to chase like right. uh, figuring it out. What about locally here? Like, does, do you have guys go, hey, um, make me, a, you know, or whoever, like Sharp Eye or even you, like, like JT, make me a gun for blacks and obviously in the dark parts. Like, are there, are there no, seven foot six boards down at blacks this winter? Yeah, we don't, we don't get a lot of big wave inquiry stuff at all, really, to be honest. Yeah. It's never been that for us. It's more like uh, just performance shortboards and kind of grovelly stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, it, it can be done. Like I said, I think KT does some great stuff and um, that proves that, you know, there's, there's something there, you know. No doubt. Yeah. Um, what about foil boards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the foil, foil king, Kyle Knox. He's the foil king right now. And he's just like over the moon about foiling. I know. He's got me all fired up. Believe me, I've, I've seen his boards and I know they're dark arts. <laughs> he's like uh, next level. His mind, when it goes to foiling, it's, it's out there in outer space. Like he'll come in and talk about design and all this stuff. And it's just... It's wild. It's really cool. It's great to see passion in something like that from him. But yeah, uh, we we can do some great foil stuff. Actually, I think the foil boards that we do from what Kyle says are the best, you know? Yeah. And is that one of your designs? Is that like, if I wanted a foil board from Dark Arts, would you just make me something that you made Kyle? Or do you have, or do I like reach out to my shaper and go? Yeah, no. Yeah, so like uh, Kyle's board, uh, we make that board. I make that board under the JT and, uh, and that's basically the go-to foil. He's tested that thing and we've done three different foil designs and he's like, the first one's the best, you know? And so that's kind of the go-to. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what's going on with the musical background? You were in Vegas playing music. I know you play bass. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I, you know, I, I kind of put, a lot of my fun stuff to the wayside to just focus on dark arts. So um, I, we got invited to play punk rock bowling in Vegas and we played this biker bar. It was like, <laughs> it was actually really cool. Um, I have last time I played was a year ago and it was just a little show, but we used to play before dark arts. I would play uh, with all the big nineties punk bands strung out lag wagon. I mean, all those big bands that I grew up listening to, I had the chance to play with them um, previous to Dark Arts. So, um, yeah, we we went to Vegas and 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 did a little show, and it was fun. I love playing music; I really do. It's I, I honestly wanted to be that musician, and and uh, it's really a passion of mine. But I just don't I don't have the time. You know, this thing consumes me. And 
what like do you just pick up the bass and show up or do you guys practice or is <laughs> for that show for that show yeah. the guitar player lives in colorado and he literally just flew in two hours before the show and we got on the stage and and we played and yeah we don't really practice now so we we practice ourselves <laughs> to the album um and then uh we go up on stage and do it but you know is it all originals that you guys have been playing forever yeah we put out an album in i think it was 2016 and uh we did a lot of shows from that album um what's the name of the band the band's called skip jack and the, the latest album is a soundtrack to a eulogy and that that album we played with like good riddance uh strung out a couple times um punk rock karaoke shared the stage with like greg hetson and i all sorts of great punk kind of legends you know um yeah. and that was all prior to dark arts i was i was making boards in my garage and playing a lot of music and then it kind of took a shift where it was like this thing has a chance it's either you go for it and make dark arts happen or you're just gonna make a few boards in your garage and play music so i decided to jump off the cliff with dark arts and really give it a go and it's it's been going gangbusters man i mean i'm so stoked for you right things are things are great yeah it is it's you know it's been really hard i'll, I'll be honest like it's it's hard you know manufacturing anything custom uh something new it's it's difficult you know it's hard but yes it is it is good we're getting some great exposure and great partnerships and um we've aligned uh with the manufacturer in australia so we're going to start getting boards over to australia um so that's kind of new that's exciting for us yeah yeah sounds like you're going to australia <laughs> I would love to. Yes. I had the conversation this morning. I, I, I need to go over there and, and figure that out. And, you know, I'm still figuring out here and it's, I'm so busy, Scott. Like when you, when you hit me up, I was like, I'd love to do a podcast. And you're like, how about this day? And it's like, my schedule is with the two kids and taking them to school. And it's, it's just crazy, man. But, crazy, yeah. in a good, crazy in a good way. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I've noticed I believe, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I've noticed that I think there's board builders that are specifically making boards for wave pools. And I mean boards that shouldn't be ridden in the ocean. Is that the case? Is that something that you sense? And in fact, are you doing that? Uh, it's funny that you say that because uh, I think you know Chris Russell pretty well. I think he's, he, yeah. I just saw him and he said to say hi. So Chris says That's hi. Cool. Yeah. Um, but he approached me last week and, you know, he's like, I, I have a couple materials that I think would be great for maybe a wave pool type board. And I think, yes, some people are doing something like that. And, uh, I think there is a build for a wave pool board because obviously there's like a concrete bottom and they get dinged a lot and damaged. So you would need no salt water. Yeah. So you need something that kind of bounces around without getting cracked, you know, yeah. and that's probably a, a Kevlar, a Negra type build, you know, um, but anytime you wrap something in fiberglass, it's, it can crack. So, and then how do you approach that sanding of the Negra Kevlars on the outside without wrapping it? It's, it's technical, you know, what's the name of that company that Chris Russell works for? uh graphite master yeah graphite. okay yeah 
Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see, a couple more things and then I'll, I'll let you go. I know you're a busy guy. Um, as you know, the Boardroom International Surfboard Show, um, of course, presented by US Blanks, it's coming up here in October and we're honoring Bing Copeland as the icon of foam. Any thoughts on Bing Copeland? Uh, I, he's, you know, Bing's boards are amazing. You know, uh, he's a legend. Um, I, I'm a surfer of the nineties. So, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience <laughs> in that area, but I put you on the spot, didn't I? You're like, Bing from a design, from a, Hey, from a design aspect, I mean, I have the utmost respect for all those guys, you know, um, yeah. they, they, they paved the way and ground the pavement you know, just as I'm trying to do this with carbon, they were the innovators and purveyors of design back then, you know, and we all take pieces of that, I think. So um, that's cool. I think there's people that, you know, they shape that style of board and make those, those boards today and hats off to them. They do a good job. Well, you probably don't know this, but 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of the licensing deal between Malcolm and Duncan Campbell, the Bonzer brothers, and Bing Copeland to have the Bing brand and label start to make the Bonzer. That was 1973. So this year, um, for best in show, we have a category, one and only category is the Bonzer. Cool. And as you anyone can enter. It's $1,000 first prize. So any board builders that are listening to this, consider entering. But I'm telling you, Justin, because I'm expecting to see a JT Bonzer in the best in show. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's free to enter and anyone can enter. Of course, I'm hoping that Dark Arts gets a booth. But what if, we did, a, what if we did a Carbon Kevlar Malcolm Campbell Bonzer? That's what I'm talking about, brother. I love it. Like, <laughs> would, How about I mean, those guys are judges too, by the way. Those are the two guys that are judges. They would love that. So how how about I, I get Malcolm to shape the bonzer and then I'll do a carbon Kevlar without no, that's, <laughs> that's not gonna work. You gotta you gotta create the bonzer. I know you got the chops to get okay. it done. And that would be fun for you. I bet you it'd be a fun little side project. That'd be fun. Uh, is Malcolm you said Malcolm's gonna be a judge? Yeah, Malcolm and Duncan are both going to be there to judge it. Cool. I think uh, I've been having some conversations with Malcolm lately, and I think we're going to do a uh, Dark Arts, Malcolm, Campbell kind of collab maybe. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, we're going to do maybe a limited run of Malcolm Campbell uh, boards under Dark Arts here soon. Wow. Maybe that's what I'm going to be getting. There you go. I think everything bonds are PU Kevlar. That would be so sick. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be into it. He's such a great guy. Um, so yeah, we're working on that as well. There's a lot of fun stuff we're working on. All right. Well, cool. Listen, um, Justin, it's always great catching up with you. I know I saw you at the um what's that board demo called? The um oh, that's right. Name. Yeah, what was that? Uh Camp, camp Shred. There you go. Camping thing. Yeah, Camp Shred. It's a killer little thing that Scott Desidario does, does puts on there at Cardiff. But anyway, it's like I said, it's great catching up with you. Um, I know you're busy. Uh, get back to work. Thanks for thanks for being with us here. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate it. It was great catching up. 
Okay, buddy. We'll talk soon. Talk All to right, you later. Sounds good. See ya. Build like this, some folk build like that. A bunch of way I'm built, a don't you call me fat because I'm built for comfort. I ain't built for speed, but I got everything. Oh, a good gun. Some folk rip and run, some folk believe in sign above the Baby, you got to take your time Because I'm built for comfort I ain't built for speed Because I got everything Oh, look what I need